Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. For our talk this morning, we're going to be in the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. And if you want to say it in a fun way, you could call it Malachi which sounds like more fun. So turn to Malachi chapter three. And to get us started, we just prayed for the offering. Um, Every week, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of people give to the church. And so uh, here is a representation of some of the financial gifts that came in last weekend to the church. Of course, this is not all of them, but uh, of course, we try to pay attention to what comes in and we keep records and all that stuff. So I dug in and found these are some of the offerings that came in last weekend. Uh, So as we look at those numbers, uh, our minds might go to different things. Some of us might be thinking of like the 1500, like wowzers, That's a pretty big offering. Could I be their friend? (laughs) Or, you know, like, and 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 by the way, some of you might look and go, oh, that's my offering. Uh, You might go down and see like the $12.26, and you think, well, that's a smaller offering. And then I would argue, all the offerings are important. By the way, that wasn't the smallest offering we got last year. But, you know, God looks at, offerings differently than we do, sometimes a $12.26 offering was a bigger sacrifice than the $654. Does that make sense? Uh, But one of the other things that at least strikes me is some of the unique numbers, uniquely specific odd numbers that come in in the offering. Did you notice that? We'll bold them like $654.08 or $388.36. Anybody notice that and think, what is that about? And uh, it's probably, this is not perfect, but my guess is part of that is about the concept of tithing. And, and so some of you right now are like, I don't even know what that means. Other people are, but tithing, well, here's a, here's a definition. Tithing uh, A tithe is a portion, 10% of your income given as an offering to your local church. The word tithe literally means tenth in Hebrew because the custom of tithing is biblical. Many Christians and Jews practice it as part of their faith. We have a whole bunch of people in our church that tithe. And so if you go back to those numbers, some of those numbers are odd like that because people are very specific in their tithe. They just do the math. And so the $149 gift at the bottom, they got a check for a week's work or two weeks or a month for $1,492.10. Did I do the math right? Anyway, it's too early. You guys figured out the math, right? But that's how those things can happen. This idea, I'm bringing up the idea of tithing, and there's probably a couple groups in, the, in uh, the room right now. There's some of us looking, going, and we are thinking, oh, that makes sense, because we've heard of tithing, all those things. There's another group 
probably thinking something like this. People really do that? Are you kidding? By the way, if that's you, welcome. I still remember as a new Christian when somebody started talking about tithing, I just was like, what the heck is that? Because I had never heard of it. By the way, there's probably a third group of people right now that are thinking, crap, they're going to talk about giving today. Why am I at church? And you're thinking, I think I could fake going to the restroom right now and get out of the rest of this talk. Welcome. Now that I said that, if you actually get up and go to the restroom, we'll probably call you out. But I, 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 this is not going to be that bad. Calm down. You can endure this talk, this idea. We're going to talk about giving. By the way, the word tithing, or the idea of tithing, uh, is significant throughout the Bible. Here's some Bible verses. In Genesis chapter 14, I think this is the first mention of tithing or tenth. Uh, Abram, Abraham, Abram, same guy, he just goes out to a battle, and they win a great victory, and so following the battle, there's a plunder from the other people, right? And so, and on his way back, this is a celebratory time, Melchizedek, he was a priest, and he blessed Abram. And then it says, and Abram gave him a tenth of all the plunder. It's the first idea. In Genesis 28, uh, another Bible uh, character, person named Jacob He, this is after he had a significant experience with God. And then it says, Jacob made a vow. If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, of all that you, he's talking to God, of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Another reference to tithing. In Leviticus, talking about how to do life. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. And verse 32 says, every tenth animal, it's giving an example, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. So there's kind of a picture here of a shepherd annually or when they they would count their sheep to know how things going and they would hold out their staff and to make sure that they counted them all correctly they would just get them in some kind of a shoot and you know we'd go on and somebody would be there count one two three four five then six seven eight nine and then the tenth one they would remind themselves wait a minute that one is not mine That's the Lord's. And then they would offer that to the priests or to uh, some of what the Old Testament did was the, the temple area was also part of the social program stuff there. So they would, basically they knew that was not for me. That was for the Lord's stuff. All right? Did you like that? All right. Yeah, little side note on that. That's a helpful concept for me is the idea when I think about tithing is for, to remind myself, wait a minute, that's not mine. I'm just simply returning to the Lord what is, all should be, 
His New Testament, Matthew 23, 23, Jesus is actually challenging some people on some things that are more important than tithing. By the way, tithing's not the most important thing in the world. It's important, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Here it says, uh, Jesus says to people, you give your tenth, I'm sorry, you give a tenth your tithe of your spices, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. He says, you should have practiced the latter, which is justice, mercy, and faithfulness, but he goes on to say, without neglecting the former. In other words, you had to keep doing the tithe thing, but do these other things are so important. Hold that thought. We're in this series called Unchanging. Our yesterday, and to, our yesterday today, and forever God. And today we're going to explore this long-standing practice of tithing, of being strategic with our giving. Um, uh, just a side note, why are we doing this talk? It's because I, as a pastor, love to get in front of people and talk about money. No. I it's just because I know as soon as you bring it up, there's these, you know, behind, oh, great. So, but I couldn't get away from this. I, oh, side, side note. There may be a ton of them this morning. Side note. Thanks for being generous at the church that we don't sit around and talk about money a lot at the church. I'm so glad. Um, but when I was exploring unchanging principles or characteristics of God, there are a handful of times in the Bible where God actually says, I, the Lord, do not change, as a preface to something he's going to teach on. And when I was doing the study, one of the I, the Lord, do not change moments is connected to the idea of tithing. So, so I thought, well, got to do it. Here we go. And aren't we glad we're here? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, so we're in this... Malachi, here's what's going on. God is speaking to a group of people whose lives are not going well. And we can assume God wants their life to go better. And so through the book of Malachi, he's dealing with different things and correcting some stuff. This is not, you should, all right? And part of it comes up then in verse 6, chapter 3. The Lord says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, says the Lord. But you ask, how are we robbing you? God's response, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Pause. That's super rare for God to say, test me in something. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will, be not, that there will not be room enough to store it 
couple more verses. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Last verse. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Title of the talk is God's Unchanging Financial Plan. I'm going to try to address the question, why tithe? So I think this, this can be helpful to a couple of groups. One, some of you are tithers. Hopefully this talk will remind you or encourage you, you are not crazy for doing that. Uh, there might be others you're considering tithing, and it might encourage you like, jump in and do it. And for those of you who are like, ain't never going to happen, I still, well, at least you'll know what the heck is wrong with those people. No. What are some of the ideas in like my mind and in, in different people's minds when they are tithing? This will help make sense of that. Can I do side note? Those, those of you that are following Jesus, we do every once in a while do peculiar things, do we not? Just so you know, it's, it's part of the deal. And, and uh, when sometimes a lot of people are doing opposite, we're like, nope, I think I'm supposed to be helpful to that booger neighbor. When everybody else just wants them to move. And you're like, I think I'm going to keep being nice to them. Does that make sense? We do do things differently. I think that tithing is one of those things. Uh, let's pray, and I'll give you a couple ideas. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. It's a valid prayer, in case you don't have that one in your tool belt. The help us, Lord, is a good prayer. Why tithe? First idea from the text. A curse is bad. A curse is bad. Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? Verse 9 says, you are under a curse. Um, side note. You are under a curse is not God's typical go-to response. Aren't you, aren't you glad? Like, if you run a stoplight today, chances are God's not going to go, you're under a curse for the rest of, does, does that make sense? But, if, but there are a handful of times where curse is mentioned, and, and this word here for cur- you are under a curse, it means cursed, it's to be cursed, it's bitterly cursed, and part of the nuance of the word was to lay under a curse which reminded me of the image of a person who feels like they are forever under a rain cloud situation, like it, wherever I go, whatever I do, things are just not working. That's not a bad image of what it would be to be under a curse. I had a little garage door project this last week. Went to punch in little buttons, supposed to automatically raise our garage door. Battery apparently was dead, which by the way, changing a nine volt battery. Should be within my skill set, amen? Should be a two minute thing, 
We actually had nine volts in the drawer, the battery drawer. So I take off the little panel as I'm trying to get the battery out. Then I break off the little, there's this little wire thing. So then I got a screwdriver, because why not? <laughs> and so then when I did the screwdriver thing, trying to, then I broke it more, got that off. And at one point, this other little piece, like little piece, like as big as a BB, like fell off. And I thought, that's probably important. So I did, right? I thought, do not, because I know that I'm not really in my lane of super skills here, fixing stuff. I thought, don't lose that. So what I do? Put it in your mouth, right? <laughs> so that's how we're not going to put it in your mouth. No, I didn't swallow it. But I put it in my mouth. And then I take this little thing, and I'm working over here. And, and so I have this thing in my mouth, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying really hard. Like, okay, okay, now I need the little piece to put it back. And I went, try, falls out of my mouth, hits the toe of my right foot. I feel, I think it went that way. So I'm now on my stomach on the garage floor, looking with my old, old man eyes for this so I found this, okay, long story short, two-minute thing ended up being 25 minutes of not great. So here's a question. Was I under a curse? Nope, that's just my skills. <laughs> <laughs> but the curse idea, the difference between that, well, maybe I am under a curse, but the idea of curse, though, is much bigger, broader, and long a long-term, consistent struggle. Um, biblical examples, great example of a curse. Genesis chapter 3, this is after Adam and Eve sinned. And it's one of those times when God then says, okay, you're uh, under a curse. To the serpent, he says, cursed are you above livestock. You will crawl on your belly. For how long? The rest of your existence. Big consequence. Uh, to, the, to the woman, I will increase your pains in childbearing. They're going to be very severe. Uh, that's, as best I can tell, that's still going on. <laughs> right? That's not just a, for your first child, too. That's like, nope, pretty much you can count on that. With the man, cursed is the ground through painful toil. This is why... This is why our job is not called our vacation. Did you, did you guys know that? Uh, cursed is the ground. Painful toil, you will eat, uh, eat food from it all the days of your life. And included in the picture is life's going to have some thorns and thistles. So those are broader, bigger concepts of what a curse can look like. And so now, getting back to this idea of tithing or not giving God back, here's the idea. Keeping God's 10%. A better word there would have been withholding. Because you're keeping something that's not true. Withholding God's 10% is associated in this text with big, bad, long-term consequences. Well, that's important to know. To be clear, this really, this idea of how we respond financially, generously with God's money, 
shouldn't, it shouldn't be a surprise that there's a ripple effect for this because I, can we just agree how we do life, the decisions we make, good decisions or bad decisions, affects our life experience. And it's not just a money thing. Relationally, how you do relationship is going to affect the long-term experience you have, let's just say, in that relationship. So, guys, you're married, and let's just say you don't tell your wife you're going to be out of town for the next three days, and you're just gone. That ain't going to work. Like, you're going to come back and go, what's the problem? The problem is you didn't do something that you should have done. Is this not true? Would this work in your house? This would not work in my house. Uh, or try this, guys. Uh, maybe this is not married, dating. Here's some advice if you're just dating. Don't, like, stop over to the apartment and go, uh, where's my sandwich? What the heck did you do all day? <laughs> See how that works for you. Long term, that ain't going to bring good stuff into your life. Ladies. Nagging him, not helpful. I knew it. There's always some guy willing to risk it. How many of you know that's not what he said is not going to be helpful long term? Maybe. I don't know. But it, I'm, what, by the way, and financially, how you make financial decisions is going to affect your finances and how your life experience. So if you, just, if you use credit cards in a bad way or you say, well, we'll just use this credit card to help make payments on this credit card. If this is your practice, that is not going to go well for you. If you buy everything you want without an understanding of what's coming in, that's not going to go well with you. Emotionally, if we consume so-and-so's TikTok vacation video things, and we're like, and if everyone in the world looks good, is on vacation, and we consume that stuff, that is going to affect you emotionally. What we do, good or bad, the decisions we make bring kind of a ripple effect back into our experience in life. And so our giving to think, oh, whether we give or don't give doesn't have a ripple effect that comes back. And that's just wrong. What we do with our stuff, our lives, our thoughts matters. And with giving, generally, generosity throughout the Bible always brings better results in our future. Here's some, here's some uh, Bible verses. Oh, oh yeah, look at this. This is really good. Sorry, we're not to those Bible verses. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Some of what your tomorrow is going to be like depends on what you do today. Next verse about giving. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Another verse, Luke 6. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be poured into your lap. Generosity matters. Lack of generosity also matters. Proverbs 11, the New Living Translation says, give freely and become more wealthy. The second half says, be stingy and lose everything. So to finish up this point, here's a fill in the blank. Is my giving part of my life equation? 
That's not a great way to ask the question. But mentally, do I connect what I do with my finances, with generosity, with tithing, with giving to God? Do I believe that that affects my life experience? If you don't believe that, you're wrong. It really does. All right, so why tithe? A curse is bad. Second thing, why tithe? God's favor is super helpful. This is the positive side. God's favor is super helpful. Back to the text. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. I'm sorry, I didn't give you enough time. Super helpful. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. That is a positive image. By the way, I should have put it in the slide. It says, I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not be able to contain it. That's what's the dot, dot, dot there. So that's really positive. And the other thing that I'm going to dwell on, a lot of times in talks about tithing or giving, they'll talk about how God will, you know, flood us with blessing, which oftentimes that happens. But this other part will prevent pests from devouring your crops. I want to finish our time talking about the blessing of God's protection from things that will come and steal stuff out of your life. God's protection is super valuable and has a real effect on our lives. Story. Uh, When my wife and I got married, we lived in an apartment for a year. We saved up money. We bought our first house. And uh, it took us four and a half years to pay off our first house because we're super wealthy. No, (laughs) we were not. So just a little more of that picture because four and a half years, for some of you think, oh, that's nothing. But others are like, oh, wait, that was pretty significant. It was really significant for us. So how does that happen? We both, there's some, there's many parts to the picture. One is we both were diligent in work. I had, we were planting the church, which was not a big money maker, but I had another part-time job. So I basically had two part-time jobs. My wife was working some of that time full-time, some of that time part-time. We lived conservatively. We had a focus, like let's try to pay off this house, all that kind of stuff. But part of that picture was was I would say, God, because we were tithing this whole time, God protected us from what we might call unforeseen expenses. Have you, like, it's the stuff where you go, are you serious? That broke. Are you serious? I can't believe that, right? So we had just had stuff in our life that I believe God was being faithful to protect. We had an old refrigerator that was Dog ugly brown from like 1965, but it never died. Same way with like our washer and dryer that we inherited from the people that we bought the house from, because I think it was so old they were like, we don't want it, so you can have it, but it worked. That washer and dryer worked for 25 years. It's, we just replaced it a couple years back. It was it ugly, yeah. Did you, have to, did you have to like screw, duct tape the lid closed for the dryer to keep going? Maybe. But, but the idea for these years, like we didn't have to go put out, a, how much is, what, what is it, a thousand bucks for a washer dryer or something? 
Okay. Well, now, now over the last two years, there are probably 3,000. Anyway. Anyway, that. Oh, one more story. We had a car. This was, I had this car from uh, a 1983 R. It wasn't this one exactly. I couldn't find a picture. It was a little darker in color. I had, I had bought this car uh, 46,000 miles when I bought it. When I bought it, I was growing in the Lord, becoming a Christian. I'd become a Christian. And I remember standing outside of Hickory Village Apartments, and I laid my hands on the front of this car because I was learning stuff about God. And I was learning stuff about how to live, and I said, God, as long as you keep this car running, I will drive it. Because I don't want to waste money on things that rust and corrode. This is a Matthew text. Rust and corrode and are not eternal. So I'm like, Lord, this is, I'm super grateful for this. Keep it running, and we'll just drive it. That car went 196,000 miles way back when, and I'm really average at like changing oil and stuff. I don't remember any significant problems with that car. This was the during season we were paying off the house because it just kept running. And if you're trying to like pay off a house, not having to buy a car is super helpful. Does that paint this picture here? Back to our text where it says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And I know that there are times in life it feels like, gosh, our life is just filled with pests that are devouring stuff. By the way, this, can, this doesn't always have to do with money. This can has, have to do with emotional, relational. feels like the New American Standard translates that same verse of preventing pests. It says, then I will rebuke the devourer. It's more aggressive. This is God saying, connected to the tithe and generosity, he says, you do that, I will rebuke the devourer. The devourer, I believe, is a reference to the enemy, the devil, because in 1 Peter it says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, say it, devour. All right. So, so to be clear with this idea of tithing, does, if I tithe, does that mean I'll never be sick, I'll, my tires will never go flat, and I'll never ever lose my wallet? No. Some of that stuff will happen. It might, right? But here's the truth. You can write this in. The tithe releases an invaluable power of God's aggressive protection. why people do it. That's why a bunch of us in the room would probably testify to it. We would say, yep, it has been such a, and could tell stories about things that just were the hand of God helping. If you need a, a picture, can we go back to the picture of the guy with the rain cloud? It's, it's like the difference between that and then the next picture God like is like the umbrella. Now, does it mean it's not going to get a little wet? Or, but man, if you're in a storm, an umbrella is huge.
So to recap, why tithe? A curse is bad, and God's favor is super helpful. Last fill-in-the-blank is a challenge. Test God. Test a minute. Uh, last thought before we pray. I realize for some of us, uh, if you decide, I'm going to do that. I'm going to try that. Or you even begin to pray about, I think I'm going to try that. It's kind, it can be complicated because of your financial situation. Some of you might be like, you don't understand my bill situation. If that's you and you want to get some advice on how to navigate that, email me, email us at the church, because we realize sometimes that can be a pretty big step of faith. Um, and we'll try to be helpful in just giving you some ideas. Make sense? Uh, reminder, you may have come to church today and uh, you really don't care about anything we just talked about because you got this area of your life that kind of hurts. It's not going well. We have a prayer team that will be over here. Um, get some prayer. You, you never know when a time of prayer can be uh, super helpful. Maybe earlier I know in the service we were trying to listen for God and there was the picture of uh, the, the father wanted to kiss somebody like on the forehead. Remember that when Pastor, I think Pastor Kathy was. Um, we're just trying our best to hear what we think God might want to do. But like if that's you and you, you feel like I just, I just need a kiss on my forehead. Whatever that means. <laughs> Maybe that's something. I just need some encouragement. A prayer team is a great place to get that. Everybody okay? You made it through a talk on tithing. Are you kidding me? Why don't you stand? We'll pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.